Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com. We have trotted our way down to episode number 26, which means we got to get the podcast a real job and we got to move out of the house. That's just that's just the way it works. I'm sorry, but uh, a little bit of a long layoff. Obviously, we were anticipating some things, uh, but it looks like the apocalypse is going to have to wait just a little bit or be squashed altogether. We'll talk a little bit about that. I know we're sick of the Deshaun thing, but. Hopefully we can come at it from a little bit of a different angle and get uh, get maybe some explanations out here. Uh, of course, uh, the biggest news of the day, Mark Sanchez, your backup quarterback. Well, possibly. He might be your emergency quarterback. Uh, we'll get into that as well as some other hypothetical trade situations, and we'll have that. But first, we have the whole gang back. Uh, off to my left, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton, editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, bud? Hey, I am excited to be here, and I am excited to talk about Mark Sanchez. <laughs> uh, on the phone, uh, driving to uh, the wonderful Phoenix Sun, Mr. Mike K. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Brandon's got me hyped up. What? <laughs> also on the phone tonight, a multiple podcast super producer now, 97.5 The Phonetics, James Zelter. What's going on, pal? I am not excited to be here and not excited about Mark Sanchez. <laughs> oh, the prima donna has stuck in now on 26. And, of course, uh, off to our right, the wonderful, the talented, the multidimensional Patty Ice, Patrick Wall. What's going on, bud? Why would you guys not be excited for Sanchez, baby? Well, I'll tell you why I'm not excited, uh, and I'm pretty sure you can give us some stats on this to back it up later. Accuracy, a little bit of an issue. Uh Brandon Lee Gowton, what's your initial reaction to the Mark Sanchez signing? Well, you bring up charts, and I have to bring this up first. Like, we just have to get this out of the way right now. Uh, there's this interesting chart that SB Nation put together last year in this post about Mark Sanchez. And if you look at it, you know, it, it's a it's like a big table of all the quarterbacks who have started at least four seasons in NFL history. And right there, all the way at the bottom, that little small number at the bottom is Mark Sanchez. This perfectly dead last so you know the eagles are bringing in that guy so i mean this is hardly a thrilling move obviously but i mean at the same time you know i'm trying to sit down here and i try to you know rationalize things and i try to like think you know behind the eagles reasoning as to why they're doing this and you know i see a guy who you know he's 27 he's going to be turning 28 this fall uh, obviously it's starting experience with the jets somehow he's four and two in the playoffs 
uh, which is amazing. Uh, he's been in the two AFC Championship games and lost. But uh, it's yeah, it's hard again because he he doesn't have one area that stands out. But at the same time, he played for a Jets team that didn't really have any good offensive coaching or that great offensive talent. So you know, Chip's looking at this guy as a guy you know who theoretically still has some upside, uh, a guy who he can bring in, a veteran because they don't really have a veteran on the roster because they only have Foles and Barkley and GJ Kinney who are all you know pretty young. So you know, I just think. The quarterback market wasn't that great. You know, you just bring in Mark Sanchez. We'll see what the deal looks like. We haven't seen the numbers yet. But, you know, I, it, it's certainly not an exciting move, but it's kind of just like, all right, whatever. You, you had to bring in a guy, so you brought in a guy. Well, you know, I saw Mike K comment on that a uh, little earlier on the BGN boards along Twitter all the way. You know, what? just as Brandon said, the quarterback market isn't that great. I mean, Mike, is there anybody better out there? Colt McCoy that you would feel more comfortable with? I actually think Colt McCoy would have been kind of interesting because he does have mobility and he's an underrated athlete. He's a West Coast quarterback. But, you know, with Mark Sanchez, I think the thing that we have to kind of understand is that it's a low-risk move. I doubt he gets a lot of guard money. We also have to understand that he had maybe two of the worst offensive coordinators that have held jobs in the NFL. Uh, Tony Sperano had never been an offensive coordinator uh, before and had never called plays. Uh, he was a head coach before, but he had never called offensive plays um, as an offensive coordinator when he was hired by the Jets two seasons ago. And then before that, he had Brian Schottenheimer, Schottenheimer who hasn't been able to do anything with Sam Bradford and shouldn't be able to because he's a horrible offensive play caller. So I think when you look at what Chip has, has done, at least for, for Michael Vick and for Nick Bold, I think you can only go up from there. I think either Mark Sanchez will be a really good backup quarterback or he'll be Mark Sanchez. And that's kind of the way it's going to go. I thought we already had one of those. His name's Matt Barkley. You see what I'm saying? Hello! Uh, see, and I, I, don't, I know this man's not going to sugarcoat it, so James, just let it all out, buddy. I just I don't understand the move. Like I, it's fine. I get what what Mike and Brand are saying. It's a low risk move, not a lot of money, most likely. Uh, you know, potentially the third string quarterback. Uh, but I mean, why why Mark Sanchez? Why not? I mean, I, I agree with Mike. I, I actually like Colt McCoy more. At least Colt McCoy uh, knows how to move the ball around. That has a little bit of mobility. Uh, I just uh, Mark Sanchez. Yes, he didn't have a ton of uh, help with the Jets. We can all agree on that. Uh, and did get them to two uh, AFC Championship games. But at the same time, he's never wowed anybody. I, I never understood why he was a top-ten pick to begin with. And, and ultimately, it's the, the whole story that it brings in. I mean, you look at it as you get that question. Are you like, did they do this to kind of take a little till a little of the uh, pressure off the Deshaun Jackson situation? I mean, I just don't know why you bring Sanchez in. You're, it, you're already having an offseason where most of your fan base – is a little upset with the way you've handled these things. I, I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. You listen to sports radio, you look at what is being written in the papers, written on online. I mean, people aren't happy with how this whole situation has gone, gone down. And then you bring in Mark Sanchez. It just doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure the Eagles... I'm sure the uh, Eagles PR department wasn't sitting there like, you know what? You know what would smooth everything over? Let's go ahead and sign Mark exactly. Sanchez. Right. Exactly. No, I mean, that would be the worst PR in the history of PR. And who knows? Maybe, they're, maybe they suddenly forgot how to do it. But we'll get into that a little later. Patrick Wall, 
I know you've been looking up stats all day. What are your uh, thoughts about this whole thing? I'm going to sort of piggyback on what Brandon was saying earlier. This is my favorite Mark Sanchez stat. In the modern era, there have been three quarterbacks who have started more than 60 games and thrown 60 interceptions over that period of time. (laughs) And they are Carson Palmer, Peyton Manning, and Mark Sanchez. Weird. Two of those guys are USC guys. (laughs) And of those three, two of them threw 100 touchdowns in that span. Guess which one didn't? <laughs> Sanchez. Oh, that's so good. That's so, so good. That was, you know, oh, that perfect. Enjoy that. Oh, God. This move, this move uh, is, is too hilarious to take seriously. Like, I feel like I should be really pissed about this, but I just think it's hysterical. Like, big balls chip indeed, you know? Yeah. Well, no, I'm with you there, Pat, because I think it's I, I, it's almost, I love it so much because everyone hates it. It's, like, comical. Yeah, yeah, I do, too. Yeah. I, yeah, it's worth it for the, the story. <laughs> like, so bad, it's how, good. Okay, I gotta, well, guys, just wait, guys. just, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you talk in just one second. I just have to ask this question. Did, in fact, Mark Sanchez beat out Matt Barkley while they were going to school together? No, Matt Barkley came immediately after, and Matt Barkley started as a freshman. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Well, now there yeah. goes there goes my uh, blowhorn point. I was like, oh wow, he's gonna have to try and beat him out again. I don't know if that's <laughs> I don't know if that's any. I mean, what does this do for Matt Barkley though? Is this is this a kind of a push and move to kind of see where two guys with shoulder problems and see which one falls out in the number two spot or? What do you yeah. guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, look at what you know they they did with Vic and Foles last year. You know, that's a big reason why they bought Vic back. It's because they wanted competition. Chip always wants competition, especially at quarterback, because it's such an important position. You know, he always says how important it is to have two guys who can play. And then he even referenced it the other day. You know, I didn't even think about it, but he's right. You know, the Eagles had to use three quarterbacks last year. You know, Barkley was playing at one point. Uh, he probably should have started that Giants game where Michael Vick, you know, clearly couldn't even play. So. Uh, you know, you have to add depth there. And I, I think pushing Barkley is a priority this offseason because he, you know, he really struggled as a rookie. I don't think he has motivation issues at all because I think he, you know, out of anyone, uh, you know, he works hard. But, I mean, you, you have to push him. What, what about the fact that the day that the Eagles, it's reported the Eagles are interested in Sanchez, the Raiders come out and say they'd like to move Terrell Pryor. I mean, just from an upside standpoint, wouldn't Terrell Pryor be a lot more interesting move than to stay in someone like Sanchez? No, I would agree with that, but I think doesn't Pryor want to start? Yeah. Well, I think this is what I was going to bring up earlier, and this is what I find extremely hilarious about this move. Everybody thinks at at this point, I think that bringing Terrell Pryor, if you've watched Raiders games, the guy has zero football intelligence. Um, he, He literally has no vision for the field. He's an athlete, and he's barely plausible as a quarterback. Honestly, a lot of people that I talk to in the league think that he should move to wide receiver. Um, because I asked about it, because I asked, you know, obviously mobile quarterback, there's this, this thing out there that shit needs a mobile quarterback, which at this point is almost insulting after you've seen what he's been able to do with Nick Bowles, the fact that he's taken Matt Barkley, and now he's signed Mark Sanchez. I just think... That at this point, Chip is an everything guy. He's willing to work with any quarterback possible. Now, would Pryor have higher upside? Yes, because he hasn't started as many games. But Pryor also probably has an extremely low floor. And if he ever saw the field, we should be nervous. That, so I like think with said, Sanchez, yeah, go ahead. We shouldn't be nervous to, with Sanchez. He wants to start, right? 
probably wants to. He wants I'm to go not, somewhere where he can start. Good luck with that, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like somewhere he he'd. I think he'd rather sign, you know, with like whatever, like where there's somewhere where there's like an open competition or something. Then I don't think he's ready to just like, all right, I'm the backup, whatever. Like Sanchez right. is ready to take that role. That's true. And not only that, I mean, you're looking at a draft where you only have six draft picks. You really want to give up another one for Terrell Pryor? Well, yeah, I mean, but if he, if he gets cut, I'm saying that, you know, he's been asking to get cut. I, I say, why not? But I, I doubt he would sign here. But you don't have the time. In this NFL, you don't have the time to develop a kid who you – this kid wants to start. He wants to play. He will not play. He won't. He'll go somewhere like Cleveland where everybody thinks, wow, he could probably beat out Brian Hoyer and possibly start over a guy like Mandel in his first year. And he won't. It's just he's not a quarterback. He's Tim Tebow syndrome all over again. No, the guy wants to be a quarterback, but he's probably better off. He he runs a four-two, and he I mean, and he's huge. Why not try your luck at wide receiver? I mean, it works for other people. If Heinz Ward can be, you know, can play wide receiver at you know after playing quarterback at Georgia or some of these other guys, I mean, you're not better than them, and. I don't even think he was that great of a quarterback at Ohio State. I think he just loved Like he just got by because he was so athletic. I don't. I just don't see him as a NFL quarterback. Well, here's the thing, and I know we've talked about this, and uh, our good friend Dan Klossner has talked about this in the past before. But why not? Why waste a draft pick on a project like that that everybody kind of keeps talking about of keeping a camp body? I know it's a stretch, but if you could convince Prior to come over here, and maybe he doesn't work out as a quarterback. Uh, but maybe he, you know, maybe Chip Kelly can do the old Jedi mind trick on him uh, and either work with him uh, to develop something like that or, like you said, switch him into a wide receiver. Uh, give him a, a Brad Smith package to kind of go and deal with there. I, I don't know. I think it'd be more intriguing to bring him over rather than to waste one of your six draft picks on developing uh, a quarterback when you could probably use that for a defense or another offensive weapon. That's just me. Um uh, but, uh, it, you know, it'll be interesting kind of going forward here. I really hope that we're not relying on Mark Sanchez's arm going forward for the rest of the season. Uh, beautiful baby boy Nick Foles. Let's lap, wrap him in some extra bubble wrap and give him extra kisses and hope he doesn't go down on the field here. But, uh, all right, guys. I mean, I know we're talking about Deshaun, and I know it's annoying, and everybody wants it to stop and everything, but... I, I'm going to not maybe not speak for everybody here, but I, I just got to get this out here. I, I have told the guys that I have recorded some B-roll, uh, High Fueled by Whiskey, that never quite made it to air here. I'm not going to play it because it's, I don't know, it's a drunken mess, <laughs> first of all. But uh, I, here's what I want to say. Being in the middle and reporting stories is very hard. And that's coming from a guy that's barely on the outside, way, 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 way outside tier who's serving everybody food and hoping to get crumbs off the table after everybody's having dessert. And I, and I get it. Um, but here's what I'll say. It's extremely hard to report stories. And when you, it's not an easy thing to just go and say, here's my source who gave me this information so you can go talk to him if you don't believe me because it costs people jobs. It costs people, uh, you know, uh, the the inside track. It costs them that information in the future. Um, I, I don't understand for the life of me how a lot of Eagles fans consider this some odd conspiracy theory where the media got together and said, you know what, 
I don't like Deshaun Jackson. Let's see if we can stir up a rumor to get him traded and put enough pressure on the team so they actually move him or cut him because we don't really like him and we don't like reporting stories on him. And I'll just say this in perspective. That would be like me going to, let's say, you ha- everybody's got a sister and they're named Jill. And I write a story about Jill who happens to be a predominant businesswoman in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, and I say... Well, you know what? I heard Jill actually, and I, for some reason, I don't like Jill. And I just make up a story that says, well, actually, Jill used to be Jack, and she has a humongous penis, right? So she's got this huge penis, and I'm reporting that that happens. And you know what? My buddies are in on it, too. And I'm going to go and say, Jill's got a penis, and I'm going to come to you and say, hey, I've heard a lot that Jill has a humongous penis. Are you going to then say no comment three times in a row? Or are you going to say, you're an insane person, get the F out of here and embarrass me and shun me from any reporting that I can do in the future? <sighs> okay, I know that's a long rant, but that's that's basically the concept that I can wrap around here, guys. And uh, I, I, I won't, if you guys aren't comfortable with commenting on anything, I'm not going to. Just trust that BLG and guys like Mike K and Jimmy and James and even Patrick and all of us here are not trying to feed you shit just to stir up clicks and get you to listen to stuff. I understand that that's part of the media's job, but trust me, it is not what they're trying to do here, and I don't think they're trying to do that in the city of Philadelphia. Anybody like to comment on that ridiculous rant that I just did? Uh, yeah, to add on to that, I mean, uh, you just I just think that everything that has come out so far, uh, I really can't see how you would say you know it's all made up i mean obviously there's been a number of sources and they haven't been in the record and a lot of people complain that about that and they complain they're not hearing anything from the eagles directly but it's not it doesn't always work like that it's not always a direct process it's not full transparency that's just not a realistic uh it's just not how this works there's always going to be rumors and speculation on everything and then obviously the move will eventually happen or it won't happen at some point but I mean, it, it's just not realistic to think that the Eagles would come out and comment on this. But that doesn't mean it's not true. You have to read between the lines of what they are saying. And I think, you know, you look at what Chip Kelly has said recently and Howie Roseman even. and Well, Howie Roseman declined to comment on Deshaun and so did Jeff Lurie. But, uh, you know, you look at what Chip Kelly said and I don't think that gives Deshaun... You know, a big vote of confidence. What did he say? He said something that, uh, you know, Deshaun is he, he said he's an eagle right now. Or no, he said I like Deshaun. He said I like him, but be ready for. I told him to be ready for camp and not to worry. No, no, yeah, no. I'm talking about uh, the. Yeah, we'll do what's best for the team. We'll he said, "Yeah, we're gonna do what's best for the team." I mean, like, what does that yeah. mean? Like, if if there's if this was all false, why wouldn't Chip just say, "Deshaun is an eagle. He's not going anywhere." Like, so I mean, there's obviously you can't just say there's nothing to this. There's obviously something to it. Uh, you know, there, it seems like uh, there have been recent developments this week because the Chip and Deshaun did talk. Both, you know, Deshaun kind of gave that message on his Instagram, and then Chip confirmed it at the press or the media session on Thursday morning. So, you know, they're obviously in communication. But, uh, you know, if he's going to be back as an Eagle, I mean, there's still a lot of time left before the draft and everything. So, you know, I wouldn't count my chickens before they hatch as they say but you know that, that works both ways we'll see how it happens yeah and, and, and i'll jump in on this I, you know i think what you do not, not frustrate me and you're willing to have you know fans 
should have their opinion and whatever. But I think they don't realize that they're kind of they should kind of look in the mirror when they're criticizing reporters because they're speaking in absolutes and saying there's no way to. Sh-. I can't tell you how many times you can beat me out if you want, but I can't say how many times I've gotten tweets back. It's like they're not fucking treating them, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I, my look, my life doesn't revolve around Sean Jackson. I hate, I hate my dog after him. I don't want him to be traded, but in reality, I. I see the tea leaves, and whether that makes me a conspiracy theorist or a reporter or whatever, or if I talk to sources who obviously, like John said, we can't just upright and show them to you, um, you know, and uh, Brandon and I have been very lucky to have sources, game sources in the year or so that we've worked for BGN, and that's been awesome, and you know, I'm sure James and, and Pat have theirs as well. Uh, we've all worked around or covered the team at some point, all five of us. So I think we kind of have this different perception than fans because we know a little bit more of how it works and the intricacies of what goes on, at least with reporting and as far as the teamwork, having covered the team. You know, a lot of us, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. We both, you know, we tend to be a little bit skeptical of good news and we tend to be a little bit more understanding of bad news. And I, and I think with this situation, it's so fluid that anything can happen. Just because Deshaun doesn't get traded does not mean that Jimmy Kemsky was wrong to imply it. Because I can tell you for a fact that they have taken calls and made calls. I, I can tell you that. So so for somebody to say, oh, no, you're full of shit because this hasn't happened yet, teams have tons of things on their mind. They have to sign guys like Mark Sanchez before they make huge deals like this. So... I think that we need to kind of temper our negativity towards reporters and, and our negativity towards fans as well. I, I think uh, uh, there are a lot of fans that have come at this very uh, understanding and, and know that we are just doing our jobs and just kind of reporting and we're, you know, Brandon, all five of us are fans like everybody else. We haven't made that upper echelon of reporting yet. But, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, Remember, this is supposed to be fun. We've talked about this before. This is all supposed to be fun. And, you know, at some point I feel like we've lost that missile apocalypse. Uh, well, I think that's the fun part about it, actually. Uh, you know, the uh, wherever that hashtag birth from, I think it's I think it's been uh, kind of fun to kind of play with in general. But that's from uh, at Wow. Hmm. Oh, it is. Yeah, okay, you did start yeah. it. Okay, Matt is yeah. uh, Matt's a genius. That's yep. what I'm going to say. Um, James, I know you're the, a lot of the stuff comes in on Sports Talk Radio. People really don't know how to kind of react to it. What's been your reaction from? everything that's been going on with the Deshaun thing. I kind of agree with your, your opening statement in the sense that, like you said, people have sources, reporters have sources, and if they divulge who those sources is, who those sources are, those sources are, A, never going to give them information again. Those sources might get in trouble. Uh, the you know journalists themselves are going to lose credibility. The whole integrity of the whole situation is based on the fact that those sources remain anonymous. Okay, If, they, if the sources wanted you to know who they were, they would come out from the team and tell them. And whether the source is Howard Roseman or the source is Chip Kelly or the source is someone else within the organization, this stuff does come from somewhere. You know, exactly like Mike said, you know, don't blame Jimmy Kemsky. It's not like Jimmy Kemsky came up with this crazy idea and said, I think the Eagles should trade Deshaun Jackson. I'm going to write a story about it. I mean, that's just not the way this stuff works. So 
You know, I, I, I agree. I think that it's upsetting to kind of see how upset people have gotten because and I think that a lot of that rage comes from the fact that people don't want the Eagles to trade Deshaun Jackson. I think that Absolutely. if the Eagles Yeah, and I think that if the Eagles have looked at the situation set back and kind of seen the backlash, seen the reaction that we have had on sports radio, uh, online, all over the place, that maybe it influenced their decision. Maybe it's something where they were looking at it a little bit more aggressively and maybe they stepped back and that's where these new aspects of the story are coming from. Maybe they decided, okay, maybe we can live with this, we can work with this, we'll find a way to maneuver numbers, whatever it is. Um, so I, I agree. I agree with your opening statement. I agree that, uh, you know, you need to believe in the process. Reporters, this is just the way it works. You know, it's a business on both ends. Uh, it's just, I feel like there's a lot of complaining coming uh, for stuff that, that's it's not going to change. Yeah, and and Patrick, I mean, I know we've had kind of like side conversations, and we've been uh, you know at the bar, kind of just openly talking about all this stuff. And obviously, we, you know, as soon as Jimmy Kemsky made that article and published it, and I read it, I said, ah, I mean, that's great stuff, but that's ridiculous. I'll put a freaking diaper on and walk down Broad Street if they're going to trade Deshaun Jackson. So obviously, there's we're again, just like Mike said, we're all fans here. Um, I I think that there have been times where we've kind of checked into things and been like, oh, man, and have kind of had more time to settle it in and see, like, hey, this could be a real reality here. So I, I understand maybe there's, like, the disconnect of when people got the information uh, and, and reacting to it now, but what's the best way to kind of go forward from here, Pat? I think, as I said last time, you just have to sort of let it wash over you. I mean, this kind of thing is just so fluid and is so back and forth. I mean... For everything you hear, I just wonder how much is happening that you don't hear. How many deals have been made and fallen apart that we don't even hear about? Not even just Deshaun, I'm talking about everybody. So this is the kind of thing where, yes, it's upsetting, and yes, I think the initial part, the sort of initial shock of, of possibly the most iconic athlete in Philadelphia right now being traded is sort of you know, once that kind of wears off, you, you're left with the reality of the situation or the uh, supposed reality, at least. And just take each report as it comes. Don't freak out. If Deshaun's going to get traded, which it sounds like he probably still will, now you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't really think there's a lot you can do. You can just sort of you can just sort of hope that we get a good return. And and if he stays, you hope it, it doesn't it doesn't ruin everything in the locker room. But you know, and, it and is also, what it is. And also, in addition to what Patrick just said, if he does go, you know, I think that we all, after year one of what we've seen of Chip Kelly and, and the culture and the changing culture around that building and around that team, you know, if, if they decide to trade Deshaun Jackson, I might not be psyched about it at first, but I'm going to give Chip a chance to prove me wrong. And, you know, we, you brought up the fan thing a couple times here. And, and that's the thing. Like, none of us actually want Deshaun Jackson to be gone. Like, right? I'm right no, on that, right? No, no, no. no one here wants Deshaun Jackson gone. And I'll gone. just I'll point this out and I'll let you finish. The second that I had an idea of my head once they added Darren Sproles, I nearly came in my pants. Are you kidding me? It's yeah. the last thing I want to happen. Exactly. So, I mean, like, that's the other thing with this whole media thing. Now, obviously, the mainstream media is more objective and they don't really have an interest or they're really not supposed to but you know as far as you know i go i mean i don't want them gone and you know i get accusations of that against me because i'm writing negative stuff about him i mean that's you know it's not it's it's not my job to only write the positive stuff you know i have to i have to write everything so you know none of us want to sean gone 
Uh, you know, it's it's not like we enjoy these rumors or anything. You know, uh, it's you know it's a, it's just a tough situation for everyone. You know, I can understand why people are upset because they don't want like we said they don't no one wants Deshaun gone. They don't want Deshaun gone either. I think there is a minority that wants Deshaun gone. You know, I, like I said, I think that's just a minority. So, you know, it's, it's just well, rough. It's no, a rough yeah, situation. Well, not as well either. But you know, I think it's a, a case of and to be. It in, you know, give it an analogy like John did. If you were being told that your girlfriend's breaking up with you, you wouldn't wouldn't want to hear about it 25 times. After a while, you'd start to be like, okay, I get it, he, he, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you've been told 25 times before she's broken up with you, chances are she's just taking her time or she's not going to break up with you. So you have that type of speculation. And it, it's completely understandable. Yeah, and, and uh, it's just there's, I don't know, there's kind of, it's a weird it's a weird thing to feel because you're where again the messenger where you're hearing it from. But guys, if you're pissed and angry, you got to point it at the Eagles front office and question them. You got to question them. Well, why, why is this happening? Why would they consider it? Why did they consider it last year? You know, there there's a bunch of different stuff that's going on back there. Look, New England called them. That's been confirmed by every local and national person. New, New, New England Jets owner commented on it. Exactly. So it's just like it's, it's not. Yeah, exactly. So it's it, it to, for it to be constructed out of nothing, and the, like the only two absolutes are well, Deshaun Jackson is still an eagle, and eventually he will not be. Is very, very, very simplified thinking, and I'm not I'm not saying that you're dumb or anything. I'm just saying if you don't want to choose to explore it, that's fine, but don't kill the messenger for reporting all the other stuff that's going on here. With that said, I do want to talk about the Deshaun thing a little bit because. It's it's still something I can't wrap my mind about. We just got done talking about Big Ball's chip, and you know this is the kind of moves that he makes. But if he were to outright trade Deshaun or cut him because of whatever it is, it, you know, not the chemistry is not fitting, which I I don't really buy. Or if he's not a Chip Kelly type of wide receiver, which again I don't really buy. Um, in my mind, it has to be something really bad. Uh, whatever, whatever it is, I made the jump to conclusion that it might be a legal issue because uh, that's the only thing that my mind can logically wrap around this thing. And I don't know if that's true or not, but h- how can anybody here logically think of a reason of why you would get rid of Deshaun Jackson? No. And that's exactly why all of this is so frustrating and it doesn't make sense because I don't really think there is logical reason and when i think when start when people start to try to you know logic their way through it you don't come up to a a good conclusion i think that's the whole problem and and that's why you know these sources are important in this case because i think there's more to it and it doesn't necessarily make it's something you can't figure out you almost have to just trust that you know what these sources are saying is true why does i mean it doesn't make sense so it doesn't pass the smell test and again that's probably it's a big reason why you know people are you know uh, skeptical of it. But uh, one thing I will say is that there was a column from Jeff McLean that came out earlier in the week, and you know McLean's done a decent job of reporting through this. And one of the things he said is NFL sources have indicated that the Eagles decided to move on from Jackson after his South Philadelphia home was burglarized in early January. But then the post goes on his his post goes on to say there was no signs of fourth entry. You know, like the police report was fine. There was no evidence of any kind of 
like wrongdoing or fraudulent report or anything. So, I mean, we're just getting like, you know, pieces of this stuff, but it doesn't make sense. Man. So I think that's why everyone is really confused. Well, see, that's uh, initially that's what I jumped at. I kept I kept going back to Mosier's article, right? And I just kept thinking in my mind, well, why would they be upset at a robbery? Why would you be upset at a victimless crime? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. There's no reason for them to be upset about that. And and I didn't actually read that McLean article. The non no forced entry thing is, I don't know. That's I don't want to speculate, but that's weird. Um, normally in a, normally in a burglary case without forced entry, that's I don't know. Something stinks. But uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I I don't want to speculate, but it's yeah, and the, like you said, the police report is no, there's no evidence of any wrongdoing, right? But it's just I I don't know, guys. It could somebody throw me a lifeboat here and tell me that everything's gonna be okay. I, I don't know, I don't know if there is a lifeboat, but uh, you know whether it's it's something along those lines or something else. Clearly, something happened internally between Deshaun and the team, or just for Deshaun that the team found out about. This has to have changed their opinion about him. I mean, you know, this is a guy who's coming off his best season, you know, with 1,300 yards and double-digit touchdowns, 80-plus catches. I mean, that's not a guy you get rid of. That You know, you want a logical reason to get rid of Deshaun Jackson, give me two first-round picks back or a first and a third or something. You know, there is no logical reason here. And that's the real key to this whole discussion is that there has to be something else going on that we don't know about, and, and all we can do is speculate. And ultimately, look – he might stay, he might go. If he stays, we might never know anything about this. And if he goes, we might never know anything about this. But one way or the other, I think there has to have been something that happened that has kind of fueled this from an internal standpoint. And Patrick, I actually do want to ask you, uh, James got a, you know brought up a great point. He had a career year last year, right? Um, Mark Saltvite actually had a great article. I forget when he published it, but uh, something along the lines of the player's won't think they'll the coach is so good that the players won't think that they even need him in your opinion is Deshaun's success 50 50 more leaning Deshaun, or do you think it's more leaning uh to chip well i mean we've seen Deshaun put up you know great numbers in the past not quite the numbers that he put up with chip um i i guess it's 50 50 i i think if the I think the more important thing is that if the Eagles feel like that they need to move on from Deshaun, it, it big balls chip again. I think <laughs> that Chip feels like he can maybe not find someone to completely replace Deshaun's production, but he has enough faith in his his coaching staff and his abilities and the players that he can get that they can cover enough of what Deshaun is is capable of doing. And I think that's the underlying point here. Is getting rid of Deshaun? Can you can you make up enough ground keeping Deshaun or getting rid of him as opposed to keeping him? Can you make the team as good or better? And big balls, Chip. Guess we'll find out. <laughs> well, that's the thing, Mike. That's the thing. I, I in my mind, I guess I think if you took Sproles and you took a rookie wide receiver, whoever it ends up being, that can be a two-headed Deshaun and maybe hit the same production value. Granted, if as long as Macklin and uh, you know uh, Cooper stay healthy and keep doing what they're doing. Uh, but that does seem to me like a way too much of an egotistical move for Chip to do. So, you know, what do you think going forward? How can you match Deshaun's production if he does indeed go? Well, I mean, I think this is the best wide receiver class ever. I think that's been pretty uh, yeah. pretty clear. Uh, it's extremely deep. You can find a starter in the fourth round. Um, and I think they will find a starter probably 
a first-year starter in the first three rounds this year. If Deshaun were to be traded or released or let go or join the, the circus or, you know, go to clown college. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I think I think it's possible. I think Strolls opens up a lot of possibilities. I think they're going to use him in the, in the slot. I would be surprised if he got more than, than 60 carries on the season, to be honest with you. So I think he's going to be a receiving weapon. We can't forget about Aurelius Ben. Brad Smith showed a little bit of nice things, you know, some nice things, uh, you know, in his few snaps with the Eagles. Uh, you know, Brandon Lee uh sole Christmas card recipient, uh, uh, Damaris Johnson, <laughs> is also still on the roster. Never say uh, die. You know, there, uh, there, you know, there, there, are, there are plenty of pieces. I think people, and I also think that I think you're going to see people underestimate Brent Phillick and Zachers as a tandem because one's getting older and the other one's still young and has Zachers hands. But, you know, I, I think the two of them can be serious weapons. I'm all for 12 personnel. I mean, I've seen it a hundred times. More tight ends, the better. Uh, and you also have James Casey, you're paying a ton of money and you better produce. So I, I think the Eagles can come walk away from this draft with two wide receivers. I think you can have Cooper, Macklin, uh, Ben, Sproles, Damaris Johnson, Jeff Mail, uh, the Soup Nazi, two rookies, um, and possibly Aaron Brockovich, all on the same wide receiver court. I think, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and I hear they also like giraffes. So, you know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, see, well, giraffes. I, I was, I was making fun of Mike earlier because he's always a big fan of the SEC giraffes, but they got small hands. And they just don't work Yeah, out. they got really small hands, but they got that leg. You know, I heard some obnoxious uh, radio host that I won't mention his name. And when I said that, you know, he heard some sources that they like Marquise Lee and that they're enamored by Mike Evans and that they don't like Calvin Benjamin. Bro, you haven't heard shit. Uh, I mean, this wide receiver class is so deep. They could like 20 guys. It, you know, you're just putting the pieces together. Nobody knows anything. It's no spring season, and I know since the draft's been extended back a month, that it doesn't kind of seem like that, but it is. Don't believe everything that you read, uh, you know. But I think this wide receiver class is going to be something special for the Eagles. I think they will come away with at least two players. I think Deshaun is a intricate part of the Eagles' offense, but he isn't the Eagles' offense. Um, I think there's enough around. I like what I saw from Chris Polk. I like what I saw, obviously, from LaShawn McCoy. I like the tight ends. The offensive line, I think they're going to go. They're going to draft the kid in the third or fourth round and potentially take, you know, get replace Evan Mathis or Todd Harriman in the future. I think this team has got a pretty good outlook, even with six in the draft. Well, and, and speaking of that, it, it, it is the draft time, and we'll, we'll try to di- divert here from all the Deshaun talk, but uh... – Big boy Chip at the uh, Texas A&M Pro Day. A couple of uh, guys that have always been linked to him. Uh, speaking of uh, Mike Evans, also the big Johnny Manziel. Uh, we can, uh, Never heard of him. <laughs> um, uh, James Zelter, uh, what do you think about uh, – I'll even throw it out there. What do you think about uh, even the drafting one Johnny Manziel? I mean, I, 
I personally, I love the idea of Mansell. I'm a, I'm a big Mansell fan. I think he's going to succeed at the next level. Uh, I know there are certain people on this podcast who might not agree with me in that. But uh, speaking of big hands, Johnny Mansell's gigantic hands. Um, and I think he can move. I think he's got poise. I, I'm excited about Mansell. But more than anything, I think, you know, I really think Chip's kind of a pro day addict. It seems like he really enjoys going to these pro days, getting back, you know, to his college roots and kind of, you know, being in that atmosphere. So I, I don't think I'm, I'm going to take too much away from any of the particular pro days that he goes to. Again, he could have been there to see Evans more so than Mantel. Uh, so I don't take too much away from it. But I, I definitely would not complain if they found a way to get Mantel on the team. Oh, man. Johnny Football. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny because he's actually been connected to Chip a number of times because of their, you know, there was there was the whole thing where Chip Kelly recruited him out of high school, and he probably would have gone there too, except that Manziel wanted to stay closer to home in Texas. Uh, you know, Chip Kelly ended up working with Marcus Mariota instead, but you know, many people thought Johnny Manziel was the perfect fit for Chip Kelly's offense, and as Mike talked earlier in the podcast. That doesn't necessarily mean Chip Kelly has to have an off or a mobile quarterback as we've seen, but you know you can't help but think that Kelly would want to go after a guy if he you know if he likes that guy well enough. I don't think Manziel is going to fall there. I don't think he's going to be picked. I'd be intrigued, but and then as far as Mike Evans goes, again I I don't see him falling either, just given uh, you know his talent and size and everything. But again, you know, you got to think that's a guy that Chip would love to have a big receiver like that. Just adding another guy like that to the offense. You know, a lot of, I know a lot of people want not only the first pick to be defense, but they want the whole draft to be defense. And I don't think, you know, that's realistic because Chip Kelly is the head coach here and, you know, he's going to add an offensive player whenever he can. And that's something I need, I think we need to keep in mind going into the draft. Well, it's certainly going to be uh, interesting to kind of see. I know everybody wants a draft to get here, and it's annoying that they pushed it back. So, uh, Patrick, well, final thoughts as we're going out here, my friend. Oh, man, you know what? It was so good to talk to you guys again. I miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just stay patient. You know, stay positive. Uh, you know, hey, maybe the Eagles will sign somebody, you know, out of nowhere or trade, trade somebody out of nowhere. And just stay positive. That's all I'm asking. I'm going with Patrick. I love you guys, and I missed you real bad. You know, there's a player here who's been here for, well, he he has been here, used to be here for a little bit. Uh, you guys might have heard of him. His name is Michael Vick. Oh, he's, no! Uh, yeah, he's no longer an I think Eagle. you're talking about the kid named No, not quite. Uh, you know, Michael Vick had a, had a strange career, obviously. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. But, uh, you know, I wrote a, a post on him for the other day, kind of like a tribute here. And, you know, I got to gotta say, you know, I appreciate what he did for Philadelphia in his time here. Uh, you know, his career was up and down. You know, there's some, there, it wasn't all good. But uh, wait, what are you doing? I'm giving you theme music, buddy. Okay. I'm giving you the tribute theme music. It's <laughs> really good. But, uh, no, seriously. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I won't do the theme music. Uh, I was wondering. I thought that was in my head. I'm like, am I going crazy here? Yeah, right me I was giving you Mike Vick beatbox, uh, you know, yeah. tribute music, buddy. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, Point is, everyone will miss Michael Vick real bad. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, he's had obviously had up and downs. You know, turnovers, injuries were an issue. But I mean, that's a guy who came to Philadelphia. 
you know, I was, I remember getting that phone call, like I wrote in the post and I was just, you know, like I couldn't believe that Michael Vick was on the Eagles and, you know, he, he has this career here in 2010, man, that was, that was such a special year. You know, I truly believed the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl that year, or at least go far. You know, they were just so, and there was just some of the most amazing games I've ever watched. You know, the, the, the Redskins game, the, the miracle at the Middlelands, number two. I mean, like he just, he gave Philadelphia some great moments. Uh, but more importantly, you know, I think he really turned his life around. You know, I think he's a good guy now. I think he... I think that's he, a great point. Yeah, and uh, someone put it well on Twitter, you know. People want to make fun of Philadelphia and everything for snowballs and Santa and everything, but, you know, don't forget the city that gave a second chance for Michael Vick. Yeah. Everybody stand up. Yeah. Everybody stand up. Anyway, I think that's a good way to end it. Didn't that be seen as a negative, too? Like, hey, you know... Never mind. I'm not going to shut up for you. Final though. thoughts, not continuing <laughs> thoughts. God they did damn. crap all over that. Well, again, our apologies to Mike Freeman. Uh, we'll have uh, time for you again uh, sometime soon. For BLG, for James Elter, Mike K, and Patty Ice, I'm John Barchard. Thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio number 26. Bart, Bart, Bart. You've been listening to BGN Radio. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com.